0: How are you finding it? Like, even with what you're doing, I'm sure it's getting a lot of notice. Are you seeing that a
1: lot of developers are starting to take inspiration? That's that's <laughs> one way to put it. Sometimes I get upset when people send us projects and be like, you fucking didn't tell us about this. Like I told you when you release the next project, I want to be involved. And it's somebody else's project. Oh. You know? And that's how closely oh, okay. they, they're appearing, be it intentionally or unintentionally. We just got to continue innovating. And we're very lucky that our industry is moving quite rapidly. You know, the e-commerce space, and the digital marketing space they are very very young industries so to be opening up to new markets whether it's financial planners or all these different professional services cosmetic injectables you know it's allowing us to continue innovating the whole industry at the moment we're pioneering it and they're following what we're doing and they'll continue to do that if we're as good as we think we are we just got to continue to stay ahead of them at the end of the day I'm passionate about what we're delivering and why we're delivering it so if other developers are doing their best to deliver that alongside us ultimately for the end consumer it is the right thing and it is the best thing and i'll be glad for it because i think the consumer deserves it
0: oscar ledlin founder of ledlin developments and let's g up co-founder mate thank you for joining me i'm buddy so happy that you're here with me because like i've been watching your journey and as always you're inspiring and this has just like got me really excited because i really want to try one of those but I forgot my bloody hat, man. The first episode of my hat I actually worked out what happened. So I had my hands, I had like five things in my hands while I was coming here. I threw stuff in my car to leave and one of them was the bloody hat. And then I was on the phones, I was lost my bloody mind and that's all right, that's all right. I got you here now,
1: you're here mate, you look <laughs> yeah. fine. With a hairline like that, you don't need a hat. It's still going to be an amazing episode. but It is, it is. Also, Thanks for having me. Mate, how are you? I'm good, bro. It's always good to catch up, always good to chat.
0: Mate, what's been happening?
1: <laughs> a lot, to be honest, since, since we last caught up. But um, I think G-Up's probably the most recent um, outcome since we've spoken, and you've probably seen a little bit online about what we've been up to there. So that's keeping me uh, very busy um, and very excited. New industry, um, new... New environment with new business partners and just learning, learning a lot and having a bit of fun along the
0: way. But How are you finding like just jumping into this new industry with your mates and even just like, oh, where were you guys at? Maribyrnong? Uh, you were at two... Mildura. Mildura we were, yeah. and and we were at some other... Some other... Oh, where we
1: launched, sorry. No, the Bottle O's. The Bottle O's, Keilor and Langwaran. Langwaran, yeah. that's right. What was going on? There? Yeah, so Langwaran Warren, <laughs> Lang Warren's where Troy grew up, okay. and Troy obviously was was the mastermind behind the drink. Um, so we just thought it would be nice. He's obviously living up on the Gold Coast now, but um, he thought come back to where he started and, and launch in his hometown. So it was it was really cool to see. He had you know mates, old mates from school that showed up to support him. People that he hadn't spoken so, to yeah. in you know ten, fifteen years, and um, and just a lot of Langwaran locals. It was, people that came from afar, but it was just really cool to see him go back there and um, and see the community to support him and, and yeah, it was a great success. There
0: was bloody carnage in there. Everyone
1: was just trying to grab bottles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we sold out in about half an hour, which was really, really cool. And, you know, there was crowds of people and um, we, you know, we had a DJ and, and a few of the boys had the cars on display and stuff. So it was a bit of fun, but um, I think it was a real insight into where this business is going you know i've got i've got big ambitions and high hopes for a lot of the stuff that i do and and G-Up's no different i think that um yeah we're going to have a bit of fun along the way but i think it's it's going to be big business before long well,
0: what's the story with it so i think i read that uh troy was supposed to launch this a couple of years ago and then you put it on the back burner and then uh
1: yeah you know? so the the idea behind the business and and what has become the business mission is troy and all us boys you know we're not beer drinkers We've, we've tried, but for me, you know, I just, I don't know. I haven't got a taste for beer. I've given it a really good crack. I promise I've tried every different beer and I've tried to, you know, I I remember trying coffee, and not liking it, but I persisted and I ended up liking it. It didn't happen with beer. Um, and the, the boys are much the same. So we've been drinking, um, you know, premixed vodkas forever. And there was a lot of stigma around that early days with lolly water and chicks drinks and stuff. And, um, and the, yeah, the, av- cruises, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, avail- <laughs> the availabilities on the market, they just weren't innovating. Yeah. So Troy was like, listen, I think I could make a drink that, you know, at the very least we could all drink and we're like, awesome. Like, you know, you, you'll kill it. Go for it. And he was, he was pursuing it for about, um, 18 months and he ended up saying guys, like I've been giving this a good hard crack. He had a lot of stuff going on. You know, he's got a lot of business ventures, um, you know, active, and he was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably chuck Italian on this." And it was, um, it was actually my birthday, almost two years ago. When he said that, we'd all had a few, um, had a few vodkas. By that time, he said he was giving it away, and we said, "No, you fucking not. Um, we'll give you a hand." And he's like, "Oh, if you're gonna help me, we might as well do it, do it legit. We'll go into business." And we said then and there. It must have been early hours of the morning of my birthday, um, and we decided that we we would start the business together. We would get involved and. Um, it took another nearly two years from there to the point that we launched. You know like you mentioned brand new industry um, none of us had any idea what we were doing so there was a good learning period before we actually traded and did anything in the business but the drink it's it's a pre-mixed vodka um, we have sugar-free variants and then our traditional, uh, Flavours, they have less sugar than any other RTD on the market as standard. So even our sugar version has a reduced sugar um, content. We've pulled as many of the nasties out of it as we can and we've added electrolytes. So, um, the you know, the guys involved in the business were all very active with what we're doing, whether it's, you know, the guys with their kids, or we're all involved in a lot of businesses. So um, we don't have time for hangovers, so we thought let's make a drink that um, is as Less harsh on the body, as friendly on the body as we can, and um, and that's what we come up with.
0: Nice, man. Nice. What flavors are there? So this is great. Yeah, give me. man, I've been wanting to look at the... try this one because grape is my bloody favorite. Let's give it a go. My hands are bloody.
1: Honest feedback. If it's not good, we'll just cut. No.
0: <laughs> I like it. It's, it's like nice, isn't it? it's got like um. What is it? What's the, um, what's the, what's the gum like? Hubba Bubba. baba. Yes. Yeah. Bloody hell! Yeah. It's exactly like that. It's insane. Even it's, the smell. It yeah, is it's, very got, it's got like a little. Sh- you can taste like the. Um, it's got like that. That's strong at the start, but at least you know it's got fucking vodka in there. What is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> Mate, got this got is vodka. actually in really there. insane. What's your favorite?
1: My favorite's the grape or the raspberry.
0: Yeah. Honestly, this—were you guys
1: not bloody bad? Yeah. And
0: how does so? Obviously, it's taken a couple of years. How's that whole process been? Like,
1: have you guys just been getting there, just getting, being getting blind, trying them? I mean, there's there's definitely been some testing involved, but um, the first part of the business was. Um, oh my god, they're bloody sick. <laughs> Do <you> want? One? <laughs> yeah, on They're bloody mad. I'll go for it. Yeah. I want your feedback too. The um. The first part of the business was really just getting a lay of the land of the industry and then trying to figure out where we fit into that. A- and what do you reckon? Mickey.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, they mad. Going, huh? yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's the
1: salts. It's something that just, I don't know, it takes the sting out of it and you f- it's like drinking a Gatorade. You drink yeah, it literally. Yeah.
0: It gets you at the start. Like yeah. you can taste the alcohol and then bang. So
1: I don't yeah. like the strong alcohol, yeah. kind of flavor. No, either it's do I. Yeah. Cream, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they are. They're dangerously delicious. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the the first part of it was figuring out the lay of the land of the industry and then where we want to sit within that. So, um, you know, we really want a business that or, or a product that brings people together. And that was a big part of this. Um, the mission of this drink. It's a very social drink. It's for events and with the boys or the girls or whatever it is. But it's designed to be drunk together um, in spirited occasions. And, and this is what we come up with. So... Um, yeah, 18 months from when we decided we're doing this at the start, it was the boys were like, chuck a bit of money in and make something for ourselves. And then pretty quickly, it gained momentum and we were like, all right, let's reconsider how we're doing this. Like this, this can be a big business. Do we want to give it a good crack? And we all agreed we did. So, um, yeah, we kicked off from there and and 18 months later, we, we hit the market. I love the name. Like, I'm always just like, G up, you know, like, it's yeah, just such an Aussie thing. Like it G is. Up. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's the mission of the business. Like, and it's it was something Troy good. would always say, he's like, boys, let's G up, you know, yeah. Like we're, we're about to go out. If someone's, you know, a bit, yeah. bit tired or whatever. It's like, come on, it's time to G yeah. up. So, um, that was where the name came from. And, and um, I think it goes, it goes really well. And. And yeah, um, interested to see how how it kicks off from here.
0: You look like what's been going on, like with like Logan Paul's Prime or like The Rock's uh, drink or Conor McGregor or something like that. Like how like bringing like in a sense influences together. Hundred
1: percent, influencer back brands. Like, yeah, yeah, to
0: to do something and like already like obviously Troy's got that backing. Like you, your group, you guys, uh, you got Adrian Portelli involved yeah. now as well. Like it's just such a good like it's just a, such a good mix of people together. And, it, and on top of that, like you guys are all like best mates, so it's like, it's like it just gives it that more authentic vibe that that's just yeah, home,
1: and i and I mean and and that's it. You know, I feel like we're we're in an industry. You know, RTDs are trending upwards because um, more and more young alcohol drinkers don't like the taste of beer. So yeah, we're in a we're in a good market. Um, I think we nailed the product. To be honest, like it, it tastes good, it, it presents well, and um, with the added electrolytes, like when you give these things a good nudge, like they have a real point of difference when you're waking up the next morning. So um, I think the product's right. And, and now we've put together a team, you know, a very diverse team of um, of guys who have some serious business experience and, and plenty of money behind them. So um, yeah, obviously we need a few things to go our way, but I've got, got high hopes for this one.
0: What's it like? So like this five years, like together now, trying to make decisions on things, like how does it work? No, we we have,
1: we've had 18 months to, to, um, to hash that out. And to be honest, like early days, putting five mates in a room and trying to run a business, it was like, it was exactly how you'd imagine it. it. It was a shit show. But, um, you know, my, my friendship circle is extremely solid. So there was some, not hard conversations, but just some some conversations at the start. Um, what's the hierarchy of decision making here? Who wants to have what input? who wants to put in what money? who wants to put in commit to what hours a week in in terms of you know playing an active role in the business? And we work that out pretty sweet and now it's seamless. you know we have we have a hierarchy of decisions, we have a responsibility, um, some people have more responsibility than others, and, and um, it's all flowing really nicely.
0: How are you finding it like trying to juggle? like obviously you're building, ledland uh development which is taking up a lot of your time because you know you're doing some crazy things there and now you're just trying to jump here and obviously it's a little baby that you're trying to build so how are you trying to find him trying to juggle that
1: i mean i'm definitely feeling like this is a startup at the moment so i'm doing you know like i've um i've been replying to fucking messages on social media through the jet we've just hired a full-time social media manager so i'm not anymore but like i've had to do And I'm still doing a lot of the ground up yeah. um, startup type stuff. It's not like, oh, I'm the CEO, so I'm just going to make decisions from the top. It's like, it's been very much, it's a handful of guys, you know, we're trying to do everything without a lot of capital to start with. So we've we've all been feeling that. And, um, and, and I've been feeling that myself, of course. But moving forward, I think it's really teaching me to be more productive with my time and to be a better leader. Uh, it's something I've always struggled with is delegation and I've, I wouldn't like to think that I'm a micromanager, but I've always been, had an eye on the detail of everything that's happening with my business, and I want to remain like that, but be able to just build out a bit more of a team and have a bit more trust in, in what my team's doing. So that's something that I'm, I'm doing very quickly. You know, Within Leadland, we're, we're hiring at the moment, we're, we're hiring for two roles, and um, my entire team is stepping up. And, and you know how I live my life anyway, especially, you know, be it through social media or just generally, I try and be as authentic in the public eye as I can. And my team sees that. So they know I'm doing this. It's not like my team at Ledland is like, oh, where's Oscar, what's he doing? They know what I'm trying to build. They know what my goals are and they're fully supportive of it. And you know, I've got construction managers saying like, hey, if you need me to, you know, pack some boxes and send, you know, they're they're happy to help, they're supportive. So I think it's just about good people around me and treating them well and and trying to be the best leader I can and hopefully, That that helps me be productive in two businesses and have overall a a bigger output in both of them.
0: That's mad. Maybe there's someone else that's probably in your position that's or like someone that's probably running potentially a business or that's struggling with delegating and things like that. Like, have you done? Have you put any processes or
1: anything in place or any mindset stuff that you've done to? Yeah. Try and to be honest, like all I'm relying on at the moment is my work ethic and like I've tested my work ethic in the past a few times and like, and, and I know I when, when I need to, I can put in a hundred hours a week, which is, you know, what I've been doing and I can work seven days a week, which is what I've been doing. So that's what gives me comfort to know that I need to evolve as a leader and I need to have more systems and processes and better people. But until that happens, I know I'll just work like 10 men and and get it done. (laughs) But, um, it's interesting when I made the decision to, to make a big commitment to this business, I was, I wasn't sure if I was in or out and there was going to be another, uh, like a, a, co-CEO essentially in the business and it wasn't working. And, and the boys were like, Oscar, it's you, you know, we're doing this. And I was like, I just don't think I can take this on by myself. And, and they were all jeering me up. Of course, oh, you can fucking do it with your eyes <laughs> closed. Don't worry about it. And, and what ended up, I ended up doing, it was right at the time where, um, Elon Musk was Flirting around with buying Twitter yeah. and um, you know you CEO of five companies and stuff like that, and you I really just like ended up going them. like, if Elon can do it, I can do it, and that was what, I, and that was it. I was like, fuck it, if he can do it, I'll do it, and that I made the decision. I'm like, I'll commit to both businesses. That's and brilliant. If I have to do you yeah. know fifty hours a week in one and fifty hours a week in the other for the time being. I will, and hopefully I'll get to the point where my leadership skills are better and yeah. I and I don't have to have that much day to day involvement. Um, but until then, I'll make it work.
0: Mate, that is insane. That's buddy insane. And what's um. And what challenges, like early on, have you guys faced so far with obviously trying to bring this product, trying it? There'd be I don't know stuff that you I don't know distribution errors or oh, like, there's <laughs>
1: there's thousands I think um, licensing is obviously a big one like this um, with alcohol you need licenses and you need to be able to um, to obtain one and there's all sorts of problems that come with that so that was an initial uh, a very large hurdle. Working with friends has been um, a dynamic that really had to adjust to, um, being in business with mates. There's a lot of considerations because you're not just sitting across the table from a colleague, you're sitting across the table from one of your best mates. And, um, there's events to go to after, you know, you have to have heavy conversations and then you might have to go to someone's christening or third birthday or something after that. So you you have to be mindful and considerate of that. Um, the electrolytes, you know, there's a lot of legalities around what you can and can't do in beverages. And we were adamant, we wanted to create something with that, um, functionality. So we really put a lot of time and effort into getting that. We had, we had, you know, nine uh, industry professionals tasks. We couldn't do that before we figured out that we could. Um, oh, wow. We know we work with biochemists out of Nevada and, and we, were, we come up with the perfect electrolyte formula for what we wanted to do. And then we run into supply issues with particular electrolytes. So then we had to go back and back and forth and back and forth, and different variations of a monohydrate or a solid, or, you know, it, it was, there's a, obviously a science to it, and, and understanding how that all works took a bit to get, get our head around. And Why is it so, like, why? I mean, because you're effectively mixing alcohol as yeah. a drug which plays a, it, it has a function, yeah. um, and it causes an effect within the body, and then we're trying to put something else which almost has an opposite effect That's within right. the body, so, trying to balance that and trying to understand consumption because you know, responsible consumption might be two or three of these, but you have to be mindful But that, that people still do sometimes drink irresponsibly. So you don't want something that's safe for to drink three, but not safe to drink 15 or 20 or, so we had to work through all that. But, um, we got that down pat and, and then the last thing is probably the marketing. You know, there's a lot of regulation around marketing of, of alcohol and, um, you know, we've had little things pop up where we've posted what we thought were, you know, harmless photos and stuff like that. And um, we've been, you know, really treading on the, the wrong side of the line with responsible marketing of alcohol. Um, Ooh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we, we have to be very careful, very careful of that. Um, and we're all learning uh, the entire industry at the moment. So little things that might seem harmless, like, you know, one of the founders posting a photo of him and his, G-Up shirt with his son in the photo is, you know, completely harmless in, in our view, yeah. but in the, wow, in the okay, eyes yes. of, um, marketing regulations for alcohol, that isn't harmless. So has to, you know, strictly 18 plus in all that sort of there stuff. There is a lot of red tape everywhere. Like you wouldn't believe. Wow. A lot of red tape. There's some bureaucracy behind it as well, like, because, yeah. you know, there's, um, there's things that you can't do that some of the biggest alcohol companies in the world are doing. So you have to know what the ramifications are, what the justifications are, where you can tow the line, where you can't. And then aside from that, there's the whole moral consideration too, which where you know, the boys and I, we, we are very mindful of where our morals sit with it too. We don't want to be towing the line in areas where we, we don't think are acceptable morally, even if they might be acceptable yeah. in terms of, in terms of the marketing guidelines. And then on the other side, we think some things are fine and the marketing guidelines don't. So. Trying to navigate that—that's um, definitely an ongoing, ongoing challenge. But um, I think it will be, you know, for for the lifeline of the business where we hope to be disruptive brands. So some of our marketing strategies are going to be, you know, very much in a grey area. But um, we'll navigate that. That's insane. I love it. I uh, where, I know it's a,
0: a little bit to just probably put out there. But if you're more than comfortable to do so, I'd like to maybe just understand a bit of your vi- your vision with this, like where. Where do you guys see this going?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, we're very early days. I, I told the boys, I'm yeah. like, I reckon we can, you know, make this a fifty million dollar business, and um, and this and as things have progressed, you know, this company will be worth fifty million dollars by the end of the year. Yeah. We're we're in a good industry, and we've got all the right people in place. Definitely have, you know, much higher hopes for it than that. Um, we we have a good team. That there's people in the team that have built businesses from you know zero to half a billion dollars. There's multiple people in the team that have done that. We have a pretty, pretty diverse and large group of um, influential people involved in the business now. There isn't just the original four or five founders. There's um, there's a bigger team. So I think this business could be worth. You know, hundreds of millions of dollars within within a few years. A lot of things have to fall in place of for course. that for that to happen. You know, you need support of, of the work. audience. You need yeah, a lot yeah, of hard yeah, work and yeah. and you know a couple of a couple of um of of lucky goes along the way. So if we get that, then um, yeah, I think this this thing can be big. I reckon you guys could do it. Just all we'll right, mean, <laughs> yeah.
0: Just looking at like, I don't know, obviously you can't compare like what or oh, even actually the the uninspired unemployed guys. Like, they're, they're doing they're doing crazy
1: numbers. Yeah, their um, business has just been valued at about $300 million Yeah, um, based, based on the revenue they're doing. They're raising funds at the moment. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely they're, they're pioneering or leading the way in what can be done with an influencer-backed product. And, um, yeah, we're, we're definitely, we have a very ex- very experienced senior management team and some influential people in terms of you know, social influence and in terms of business influence. So, we'll tackle it. Uh, you know, one quarter at a time, and then see how we go.
0: I know it's probably no, nah, no. Nah, we'll probably we'll probably leave that. We'll probably leave that. <laughs> <out. laughs> we we'll, that uh, we'll skip my next question. But um, I, honestly, I'm just. I think you, what you guys are doing? It's it's insane, and I uh, I'm just pumped. I'm just so pumped for you guys. Another bloody drink to that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, pretty ex- I'm pretty excited about it too, to be honest, man. There's just, like I was saying to um, my partner Jesse the other day, I just said, there's just so many things coming up, you know, like so many exciting things. We're about to um, re-kick off a marketing campaign for some units that we had reserved at Springvale. You know, we've got... Ooh, is
0: that still, is that still going?
1: That's still going, yeah. Oh. We've got the last 73 uh, units under construction at the moment. Okay. So Crazy. Um, they're due for settlement. Um, we will we'll do a stage settlement, but some will sort of settle July, August, some will settle se- September, October. So, you know, we've got um, $35 million worth of property there to settle before the end of the year, which is exciting. We've got the sales and the leasing of that, and then um, We've got Vermont to come, which of course we'll talk about. So that's another forty million dollar project that we're, we're pretty excited about. So, um, and then obviously this. And it's just like some plus life, Just plus life things, in January, just you know? Everything. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I wake up every day and like I'm like shit. You know, what what fucked up, crazy, exciting thing have I got on today? You know, like. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a bit of fun.
0: Do you have like, well, it's some advice for somebody that's like probably watching this and. If they want to maybe start their own alcoholic brand or even just something e-commerce in general, like I know you're still fresh, but yeah. like
1: anything... I mean, if they want to start an alcohol brand, I will tell them not to do it. Ah. Nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> nah, to, to be honest, uh, like mm. I think they just they people just need to start. Like yeah. you don't need to start. We we've started Ooh. this in a big way, but yeah. we're all reasonably experienced in business. We're all reasonably established in terms of we have other business supporting us. If this flops, yeah. you know, next month, um, which I hope it doesn't, but if it did, it, it's nobody in the business is going to be hard done by financially. Yeah. Um, but so you don't have to start in a big way like that, but any business can be started on the side nowadays, I think, yeah. uh, you know, say for a few industries, but, um, I think people just need to build out a long-term plan and make make small steps to to move in that direction. I heard somebody talking the other day, and something that resonated with me that I sort of summarized as thinking decades and acting minutes. It's like you need to have long-term plans for what your vision wants to be for yourself. You know, in in ten years, twenty years time from now, it doesn't have to be to the detail, but you need to. You know, in, in twenty years time from now, do you want to be flying economy or do you want to be flying private, Do you know, want to be spending, you know, 40 hours a week in the office or 80 and, and build, build, map your life around that. But, um, and having big grand visions, I'm all for that. But at the end of the day, you know, you've got to work in minutes, you know, you've got to be how many, how many productive hours of the day are you putting towards chasing your, your goals and your vision? And that's what it, what it all comes down to. So, um, yeah, I think there's plenty of people, you know, goal setting is becoming more and more popular, which is amazing, and having big visions, you know, and audacious goals, that's becoming more popular, which is amazing, but at the end of the day, you've got to do the fucking work, so yeah. I think um, we, we can't lose focus on that.
0: A hundred percent, and obviously, going over to, to your development side of things, man, like, how have, you been, how have you been finding that, trying to juggle, obviously, you've got Vermont. Um, that's, that's going on. Like what you've been doing there is actually insane, man. Um, I love all the amenities that you that you've started to add in there. Uh,
1: why did you just feel a meet, need to do this? Um, to be honest, I think there's a, there's a place in the market for it, for it. And I'm very lucky that in both the, the, the bigger businesses I've involved now with Gup and with Leadland is that I am my target market. Uh, you know i can see what my target audience or my target market wants because i fit within that and a lot of inspiration for what we do be it through marketing or design or inclusions across both of these businesses is inspired by what i would want myself and how i can relate You're to that audience. Yeah, yeah and I'm with them. with ledland you know when we were designing spring it was just it all started with what do we want? What would we like? And then we got more involved in the marketing, and we would attend inspections alongside our sales agents, and we would get that direct feedback from the consumer. Who our ideal customer is very much who we are. It's that young, entrepreneurial, aspirational business owner. So we would bounce off them, and and they would throw suggestions, and we would consider how that would work for us. And we're moving into we're moving our Leadland HQ into the final stage of our Springvale development, oh, nice. um, just because we've created we've created something in the market that we don't think we can get anywhere and we want to be around it. You know, the environment, there's there's 147 small business owners, all young, all like-minded, all aspirational, all within, you know, one business hub. We're like, fuck, we want to be amongst that. And, and just recognizing that ourselves, we're like, we need to leverage this from a commercial point of view because, you know, we're desiring it. We imagine other people in our target market would desire it too and, and we've just looked to build on that with Vermont, which, you know, we've taken it up up another level with the design of that project.
0: Well, it's killing it. Like even, even at the VIP event that you threw in St. Kilda in December, like it was literally that market. You had, you had everybody there. Like you're you're literally nailing it. I know through, even through social media, I suppose you'd probably be selling a lot through through your own socials. Yeah. Um, I mean, at least gathering a lot of interest through. Yeah. So
1: for Vermont, we sold, um, we sold, I think 14 and a half, plus gst so you know 15 16 million dollars worth of property um, for our release and we we did that in 6 minutes you know, that was, um, you can't you can't do yeah. that through the traditional sales yeah, yeah, yeah. and and we could have sold the entire project yeah. out. you know we could have sold 40 million dollars worth of property yeah. in a day um, but we we want staged sales and um We like to allow our sales agents to to get involved and do a bit more as well. I think that helps curate the environment too to have have a wider audience than just our immediate audience. But you know, (laughs) we we broke the back of that project in you know we kicked off that campaign at at 10 a.m. and at 10:06 it was it was done.
0: (laughs) You look um, at it. What were you saying? I think that you you looked at two. You're like, I don't think anyone's going to buy anything today. (laughs) Yeah. So I was
1: actually. We, we were, because we had everything set up and all we had to do was, um, w- was hit go on the website and it was ten two and and um, I was getting cold feet like I always do. And I was like, fuck man, what if, like, what if no, we've really pushed the boundaries on this project. You know, we've got a rooftop terrace, we've got a basement car wash, we've got co-working office space, boardroom. I was like, we've got a dog wash in this project, like, because <laughs> a lot of our consumers that's seem to have so caboodles. Good. I'm like, yeah. I'm, I just last minute, I was like, why the fuck did we put a dog wash in this thing? <laughs> like, what if nobody wants that? And um, and he just, you know, reassured me. He's like, no, that no, will be good. So, ten o'clock, we hit the button, and and ten o six, it was done. And I was like, fuck, this that's is just, insane. Yeah, the market response was was overwhelmingly supportive. So, we know we're onto something. We'll we'll keep building building that out from there. But I think what's What's um, really exciting from uh, for us from a commercial point of view is we're doing something that isn't easily replicated, and I think our VIP event at St Kilda was was a real uh, reflection of that because that was a hundred and ten or hundred and twenty of our of our most recent clients, and. For from the photos and the video that we're about to release and just being there, it just looked like it was 120 mates getting on the Bad. piss, you know what I mean? Like Bad. 120 guys Literally and girls talking about business, yeah. you know, talking about what they're up to, their goals, having a cocktail. It didn't look like any sort of property event. It didn't no. look like a sales meeting or anything Nothing. like that. It was just guys hanging out, Literally. you know. A um, lot of high fives, a lot of hugs, you know, a lot of photos. It was... It was really amazing to be a part of, and it really just is a reflection of what our business parks are like. You know, when I'm down at Springvale, I'll see, seen the other day, um, somebody dropping off something on their electric scooter to another purchaser, uh, to another uh, tenant there or, or occupant, because somebody's printer had broken, so they had messaged them in the Facebook group, has anyone, can somebody print this, I've got a meeting this afternoon. They dropped it around on their skirt. You know, it's just, it's really cool to see them clicking like that. They're all supporting each other on social media. There's a bit of a mothers' club going on with you know babies and cavoodles. There's a you know, I don't know why it's cavoodles. Like I've got cavoodles myself, but I go down there and there's like ten cavoodles running around the place. So um, yeah, it's it's really it's really cool to see them all supporting each other and even me. You know, like the amount of support I've had from um, from my recent clients with the launch of G Up, just because they're excited for me to be involved in business, they're excited for their other neighbours to be involved in business and. Um, it's just really inspiring to see everybody supporting each other, and we just want to keep building on that.
0: That's brilliant. Uh, it's, even in regards to, do you know what I love? How everyone is just there, like literally. Like I remember when I was in there with Danielle. Like Danielle just like walks out in the middle, just like screaming. Everyone's just like running outside, like, like coming in. They're coming into a like place. It's it's actually crazy that what a community you built. And like every time you'd probably walk in there, you'd probably feel like so good.
1: Like, yeah, you know. I mean I do. I do like and there's a lot of nostalgia there for for my involvement in and stuff like that. But we get a lot of feedback from clients and prospective purchasers when they come in come in there and and they can't put their finger on it and they just go there's just a really good vibe here. Yeah. Yeah, they don't know what it, it is, is, but it's just a mix of you know the increased landscaping, the design and ultimately the people that are there. You drive in and there's some guys and girls having lunch on a park bench, Bad. and um, you know that's made from recycled or reclaimed fishing line from the ocean. And you've got cavoodles running around, of course, and someone that's on their sick. electric scooter racing up the street. It's just, it's like a party there on a on yeah. a, a nice sunny day. So I think that just it helps the whole thing come together. And um, yeah, that's that's a big part of our mission now is to to help put these communities together. And and we we can't really put them together, but what we do is we. We create the product that attracts the right person and we, we put the amenity in place that encourages our occupants to bump into each other, whether it's, you know, on a Friday afternoon watching our cars or on a Monday morning grabbing a coffee and going up to the rooftop terrace. We provide those spaces for our occupants to meet and, you know, when you put like-minded people in the in the same environment, encourage them to interact, the collaboration happens from there and the community forms. So, um, yeah, we want to keep going with that.
0: What's the even... Have you got flexis going in the new one as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 The... Uh, is there anything, anything else in particular that, that, that you're doing different? Um, I mean, going?
1: I think just the entirety of the project has, has come up another level. So, you know, we're doing flexes again, but we're doing them with a, a little bit more refined inclusions and, and more natural light. And the amenity of the flexes, you know, we're, we've taken it up a level in terms of height as well as inclusions. So, you know, it's an elevated co-working office space, communal boardroom. You know, floor to ceiling windows, full natural light. We've got the communal rooftop terrace, a car wash. We're also doing postage rooms, um, which we haven't seen done before. So, you know what? There's there's nothing more. We've been we've been um, online shopping now for fuck I don't know how long. It's got to be 10, 15 years or something. And and in the more recent three years, we've been doing it a lot with with what's happened with lockdowns and stuff. But There's nothing more frustrating than when you come back to the office after being out and about in meetings and you see one of those little blue slips sticking out from underneath the front door and you're like, I should have just bought it from the shop. Now I've got to drive around. I'm going to go to the post office. I'm going to get there. The postie's still going to be out and about with the parcel. He's going to try and re-deliver it. That doesn't happen at our projects anymore. We have a designated postal room, so only occupants and our couriers delivery services have access to it. just never have to worry about that same with outbound goods for e-commerce business you know all these e-commerce businesses they they stack up their outbound goods whether they're big or small you know they'll have these whether it's an oz post or fedex branded bag they sit it by the front door it's out in the rain it's out in the weather and and for all to see good or bad that doesn't happen anymore you know we have designated rooms so again they have their allocated spots fully secure fully undercover well lit um, out, of, out of the weather and then the postal service comes in, he has his little fob, everything's tracked so we can see who's come in and out and, and um, they don't have to be there for their outbound goods, which again, these just little one percenters that make the property ideally more efficient, more functional and more desirable. And, and that's just what keeps ticking us in the right direction.
0: hundred percent, man. Like when, when are you guys going to be taking this to the public market? Like for, if anyone that's like interested yeah, How can they
1: register? Yeah, <laughs> so um, we're probably going to start our public marketing campaign. I'd say around May, June. Yeah, we, we'll time it just after the commencement of construction. So we're we're just about to start construction there. We've already demolished. Um, we'll start. Insane. Probably April we'll start pushing a bit of dirt around and and really get stuck into it in May. So I think we'll time the commencement of our construction with that and and shortly after that we'll probably have a groundbreaking ceremony for some of our um, our purchases there, which is exciting. They can come down and we can cut the ribbon, do a food truck, and and just stand on the dirt. A lot of them haven't haven't really been able to stand on the site yet because when they purchased there was existing buildings and tenancies and stuff in place. So they'll be able to stand where their unit is, meet some of the other purchases, and and ultimately just start curating that community a little bit earlier yeah. because people can connect, they can hear and read about different businesses that are going to be within the business park and maybe connect on socials or whatever it is and, and just start that that um, magic a little earlier.
0: That is brilliant. All these one well percenters, man, You've, you're literally covering it all. I slowly, slowly. It's just, it's yeah. you
1: know, it's continually um, taking a little bit further and and innovating a little bit more with our services and with the design and inclusions of the product and we're actually just um, hiring someone now because we want to take it a little step further with with that delivery of um, I guess the client interaction you know particularly in development but I mean even more so in commercial development it's just been it's just been part of the process that you sign a contract, and if you're buying off the plan, you know, near enough to 12, 18 months later, two weeks out from settlement, you'll get a letter from Bad. your solicitor saying that, <laughs> you know, you come up with the money, your building's ready to go. Yeah. Like the, the customer journey just hasn't yeah. been nurtured. No. And for, you know, a lot of reasons that we've discussed and some that we haven't, we really want to get more involved in, in that customer journey. And we think, if nothing else, we owe it to the customer. You know, you get more of a, of a fucking customer journey buying a $50 shirt off off, uh, an online e-commerce business and you do our average product is 550k you know the least we can do is send a few emails and and touch base with a a bit of an update on the project life cycle so we want to go a bit further in that direction
0: it's true man like even
1: on the residential side of things like there
0: isn't much no no there there isn't. isn't much at all there isn't
1: and for what reason i don't know maybe just it hasn't been done, so people haven't felt the competitive need to move in that direction. But you watch what we've got planned over the next 12, 18 months to to move more in that direction in in three to five years' time because this industry moves moves quite slowly. Yeah. But in three to five years' time, you <laughs> won't we'll buy be it. There'll be VIP <laughs> nights. There'll be project launch nights. There'll yeah. be groundbreaking ceremonies. Yeah. There'll be all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And, and I'll be glad for it because I think, like, the consumer deserves it.
0: Bloody oath. How, how are you finding it, like even with what you're doing like is it i'm sure it's getting a lot of notice are you seeing that a lot of developers are starting to take inspiration with what you're doing
1: yeah they are they're starting to take inspiration <laughs> that's that's one way to put it um, i mean out of out of the zone. <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's a sensitive, it's a sensitive topic but we'll talk about it <laughs> no i mean i thought not yeah I shouldn't be bitter. I shouldn't be bitter because at the end of the day, like yeah. Yeah. I'm passionate about what we're yeah. delivering and why we're delivering it. So if other developers are doing their best to deliver that alongside us, ultimately for the end consumer, it is, it is the right thing and it is the best thing. Um, sometimes like I just, I get upset when people, they'll send me a pro, we've had clients send me send us projects and be like, you fucking didn't tell us about this. Like I told you when you release the next project, I want to be involved and it's somebody else's project. Oh, and that's how closely okay. they, they're appearing, be it intentionally or unintentionally. Um, things like that I don't like and I think I've got a lot of personal issues about being you know, misunderstood and stuff. So I don't like people to think that projects that are projects aren't ours and, and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, we just we just got to continue innovating and we're okay. very lucky that our industry is moving quite rapidly. You know, the e-commerce space and the digital marketing space, they are very, very young industries. So, um, to think that uh, a cosmetic injectables business would be in an industrial business park 20 years ago would never have happened. They need street front, they need high volume traffic and stuff. Now that doesn't happen. You know, you don't walk down this strip of shops here and, and see cosmetic injectables and go, and Christian takes it off and says, I'll go in and get my lips done. That doesn't, that doesn't happen anymore. We're scrolling on social media, yeah, and bang, yeah, an ad yeah. pops up, and, yeah. and so you don't need that street presence. So, to to be opening up to new markets like that, whether it's financial planners or all these different professional services, cosmetic injectables, you know, all these not quite but semi-retail, and of course e-commerce businesses, it's allowing us to continue innovating, um, and so I think. The whole industry will, will, at the moment, we're pioneering it and they're, they're following what we're doing and they'll continue to do that. And we've just got to be, if we're as good as we think we are, we've just got to continue to stay ahead of them.
0: We're, um, I think, I don't know if you're doing it at Vermont or something. Are you, is it any of them like double like story levels or like they're up? You got to go up an elevator or anything like that.
1: Yeah, so we've got um, four stories at okay. one. Yeah, I yep.
0: really would love to see how these work. So, like, what's it? Um, so, if let's just say I was on the third level, and I was a, um, I don't know, like a, a standard. A standard trucking company. I don't know, like a company yeah. that would just need to get a truck in or something.
1: Yeah. So we're yeah. not we're not doing it for warehouse yet. Okay. We're doing it for office. So we're doing four okay. levels of for, office okay. Okay. at Vermont. But I mean, we've had a lot of discussions yeah. off camera around multi level yeah. uh, warehousing. Okay. It's definitely where the industry is going. Yeah. Um, at the moment, you know, we're at the forefront, and and we want to continue pioneering in that space. You know, there's a lot of work to be done in that space with regards to what's acceptable from council. Because you've got to remember for the last fifty years, councils have been looking at industrial land as big tilt slab sheds. That's That's it. 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 And now, you know, I had a meeting with council on Friday and they're looking, they're just they're trying to get their head around what we're designing. You've got like like a four story office building on the front, you've got basement flexies, office warehouses of three different products. You've got this wedding cake (laughs) cake style tiered building at the front with greenery all down the front of it and they're like what the fuck where'd the 16 meter high sheds go you know (laughs) b double access that was it so um we've got to continue to have those conversations and and without going too much into it you know the planning scheme has to evolve with the way that the um the land use is evolving but until that does there's a lot of challenges and conversations to have with councils, you know um, the, the, so that's good. And, and then the next thing is the market has to accept it as well. So it has to be in the right locations. It has to be designed with functionality in mind. so, um there's, there's a lot of work to come with that, but I think that's definitely the way the, the industry's going.
0: Even regardless, even like your fourth level office, for example, like you're getting good views like, like this.
1: Yeah, we set a drone up. We sent a drone up. We've got city views from Vermont. We've got like mad views of um, Box, Box Hill and, and, and the, um, the towers there, but past that, um, you can see straight through to the city. So, you know, on a Monday morning, our smallest flexi units, you know, from might be 150 dollars a week rent they come in they've got their flex unit they might store their e-commerce goods there they can wash their car they've got their postal service there. there's communal bathrooms throughout there's a cafe they can grab a, a coffee from the cafe head up four stories to the rooftop terrace and have city views with their coffee on a monday morning from all from 150 bucks a week, so um, I think there's a there's a real desirable product there, and we're just going to continue pushing.
0: That's crazy. That's crazy. I love it. And uh, going into something a, a little bit interesting, when we first when we first did our podcast, you predicted it pretty perfectly in saying what was going to happen over Say the next couple again. of years. You predicted <laughs> it pretty perfectly, and what was going to happen in the industrial industry over the next couple of years, where growth has just we can just
1: insert that clip in yeah. the bottom corner right now when Oscar Ledley. Nailed! Said, when everyone said the market was done in industrial and he said it'll double again in two years. Just yeah. fucking right. That is here.
0: exactly what yeah. bloody happened, man. Absolutely nailed. And I, uh, I. And this is why it's like, okay, Oscar, we, we you turn on the bloody Channel 7 news, so you just feel like it's very scary. Well, that's your first problem watching like, the news. <laughs> You get scared. Like, you read an article, like, you get scared. Yeah. And me, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. And I I, I think there's a lot of fear going on in the market. But I'd love to get your thoughts on it. You know, you're obviously on the ground seeing what's going on.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, I went to um, an event on Thursday morning last week. Um, The Urban Developer put on an amazing breakfast. And they had economists and a panel of developers and... um, some banking guys there. It was incredible to hear um, The Economist's first talk. You know, he he, he did an amazing presentation. He had a real great sense of humor for an economist, for, for an economist. <laughs> um, and it was just, it was not rainbows and sunshines at all. It was a very pessimistic view of the next 12 months to 18 months economic outlook, but I'm not seeing it. And I watch a lot of this economic forecasting and I try and hypothesize myself and I often do, but I really go off on, on what I'm noticing on the ground because I'm yeah. fortunate enough to be on the ground. So, um, I mean, even, you know, this economist, he's, watching, he's got data and he's got graphs here and bar charts and, and he's trying to trend this and all that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, when I'm on the ground and, you know, we, we've got literally hundreds of people waiting to get on our waiting list. I'm like there's there's markets within markets and, and I don't see I don't see it all doom and gloom. I think um, the industry that I'm in specifically, you know, we're very lucky. I think there's a whole structural shift. I think the entire industry is incredibly undervalued. So I think that's gonna underpin uh, our market a lot. Um, and I'll try and speak a little bit more broader because I you know you, you know you've got a very wide property audience. I have to be very very selective about what I say because I know there's an entire audience of property professionals watching say so. um, but to be honest like I think we've got a couple more interest rate rises left before um, we find out that inflation's under control and with how the property prices and the activity in the market is holding up now I think the second that the sentiment becomes, we don't need any more interest rate rises, and the next movement in rates is down. I think we'll see an upward trend of property prices, like we haven't seen in, you know, pro- probably in our careers, to be honest. Um, and that, and nobody's talking about that at the moment. Yeah. So either, either I've completely misread it, or we'll we'll do another podcast in eighteen months' time, and all y'all can send me a message say you got it right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just not like the the way interest rates have moved. We should have had a serious noticeable impact on, on property prices. We should have, and we haven't, you know, with the statistics show, you know, a few percent here, maybe 5% there. We should have seen enormous impacts from, from these rate rises. And, and that tells me that there's something else at play in terms of something that's supporting what's going on here. And I think there's a lot in terms of what's happened over the last three years. I think that's really underpinning the market. People are more comfortable spending. They're less comfortable sitting still. They don't want money in the bank, all that sort of stuff. You know, we've got immigration to come back when it does. We've had extreme constraints on supply with construction materials and and developers' appetite and and that sort of thing. And and now we have a rental crisis, and nobody can argue that. You know, if you... You know, a friend of mine was recently. You know, he was looking for an apartment for maybe seven fifty, a thousand bucks a week, and and you sh- he was showing up to these rental inspections. He was sending me photos, and there was just a line of yeah. people in front of me. And I was like, and then he'd send me a f- selfie, and there was a line behind him yeah, as well. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the the place he ended up getting it went online on um, a Sunday, and by nine o'clock Monday morning, he called, and they had thirty six applications. Yeah. They hadn't even done an open for inspection yet. You know that. The amount of people out there that just need housing, I think that's just underpinning our entire property market. Of course, the funding environment has a serious implication of that on that. But the second that sentiment changes, I think that you know um, the market's off with off with a bang again. So we'll see. Yeah. I think, what do you think?
0: No, I think you're right. I, I look at like what's happened. Obviously, in 2021, you know the overall market went up 20 25. Then, okay, the residential market dropped about 10% mm. on average last year. Commercial didn't. Commercial, nah. like... Yeah, it's kept went, going. Yeah, commercial yeah. went up. And then I look at even now, like, residential markets holding up well. There's no stock in the market. Like, yeah. if you want to buy, like, okay, right, let's just use Northcote or Eaglemont or or something around here. There's, like, nothing. Yeah. So, like, if you want to buy... And, and, you know, there's still a lot of people turning up. Like, they're still, they're still they're still buying it's still like the supply hasn't been nuts and it's still turning okay the, there's um they're predicting that they're like i i saw the cba economist i was listening to him yesterday he's like okay there's going to be two more rate rises 0. 0.25 he reckons in mm. the next couple months and then like you said they're going to start they're going to start dropping them okay if they start going if they keep going up well that could get interesting but absolutely like i just think it's i just think like we're at a really good position and i always follow so there's a, there's a Vietnamese restaurant next, next door to our office and I always leave, let's just say I walk out at seven, whatever, 7.30, it's dinner time. I always look in just to see what's going on mm. and that place is burnt to the rafters. Yeah, yeah. You
1: can't get a seat in there. Yeah. There's people spending money. I just, I can't see it. Maybe we, it was one of the boys' birthday, it was Adrian's birthday uh, two weeks ago and um, a few days earlier boys and I were like, we've got to get him a present. We'll get him something nice from from LV. And one of the boys zipped down, Tuesday, 11 o'clock, an hour and a half in line at LV Chadston <laughs> to buy Adrian a, um, a nice present. And I, I said to him, I'm like, fucking what recession? You know, yeah, we're, all, like, we're in the group yeah, chat just yeah. making fun of, you know, the yeah. entire fucking economic outlook for, for Australia at the moment. Because people are still spending yeah. and, and, um... And, you know, you see the RBA announcements, they're they're saying people have to stop spending, you know, and it's like, well, what what they've done hasn't impacted consumer spending like maybe it should have. I mean, you can look at all the statistics about, you know, there's only a a mortgage on one third of properties in Australia. so, you know, we're we're trying to control the entire um, population of Australia with a small portion of it. But uh, I just think that things will settle down over the next six months. They, you know, and they they definitely need to, like inflation is out of control. We need to really curb that. But I think the second that it starts to slow down, interest rates, you know, at least stop and the sentiment becomes the next interest rate is going down. If people are paying what they're paying for things now with the view that there's more interest rate rises to come, when the interest rate rises, are heading the other direction. I just think the speculation is just going to carry the market forward. So, yeah, yeah. Well,
0: it's true. Like, and I always I saw something as well. Like, we're always like we always pricing like six months ahead. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. Like well,
1: the yeah. things that we're waiting to happen in six months yeah. prior from now, with yeah. the flow of communication now because the technology that we have, they're priced in now. Yeah, it so, just it yeah. happens like that. So, and um, and COVID taught us that. You know, the market went from it's dropping thirty percent to. It's, go, it's going to stabilise to it's going up 20% all in a matter of three months, you know, the sentiment changes. Like the, the media, you know, the mainstream media it does what the mainstream media does, but the social media now, it's just, it's like wildfire. So yeah. the, the spread of communication is so quick. I think the second the sentiment changes that everyone who sat out of the market, because obviously there's a lot of people sitting out of the market at the moment, everyone who sat out of the market for... You know, the second half of 2022, or maybe the entirety of 2022 and, and what might be the most of 2023. And the market turns, it's just going to be who can get back in the quickest and, and we know what happens then.
0: You get caught with your pants down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I even think about it as well. Like, all right, let's just say you, you, like, you saw something that you liked and you, you purchased. Like you were, you were thinking about purchasing it. And okay, the market does go down. How much more is it gonna go down? Like it's an it's to an effect of like we if you look at the property market over the last twenty or so years, it's okay, it has its it has its trends. It comes up, it comes down a little bit, goes up again, comes down a little bit, and then it might go like this, then it goes up again. I mean right.
1: timing the market is incredibly challenging.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> And like because you're trying to time this massive macro market and then you've got smaller markets within that and then the, you've got the particular property that you've got you're going to buy and you might have an overenthusiastic vendor with unrealistic sales expectations or a really great agent or the time you go to purchase it it's very competitive because there's only two buyers in the market you and one other guy but you both happen to want the same house like there's so many different um, factors in place and then you know you're trying to judge that with an overall market i think like People have to remain realistic about things like that. And particularly now, like the market, there's no doubt it's been trending downward since, you know, late 2021 or early 2022, depending what, what you look at. If you're buying now, like an extra couple of percent, the alternative is when infl- inflation's under control and we decide that we don't need any more interest rate rises and the market takes off, you might miss out by ten yeah, percent. Yeah, literally. Um, so I mean that's that that's forever been the trade off and 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 trying to juggle that. Like Myself, you know, we, with development sites, we, we're buying development sites with a long-term view. We are mindful of which way the market's moving, which way it's not. And when it's, you know, trending upwards very aggressively, we might jump in a little bit quicker than what we would right now. But at the moment, we are looking to buy. Like, now, now's the time to buy. Yeah. You can either wait another six months till the market's turned and then you, you know, you're buying in an upward market, you know, and that's what 95% or probably 99% of the market will do. But now is the time when there's opportunities and there's less competition with buyers to try and um, to try and stamp up a deal. Essentially,
0: what are you finding? Like, uh, I'm sure you're getting a lot of things sent to you. Um, are you finding that a lot of it would be like it doesn't work because a lot of it's overpriced, or like like people? still in the clouds a little bit with what they want maybe they don't need
1: to sell particularly with like myspace in you know this commercial to industrial land you know the market has been incredibly hyped for the last few years for good reason you know we had massive institutions bringing literally you know billions of dollars into the market which has made it incredibly um, competitive that's definitely like that speculation has dropped out of the market just the media is it become like, that would be like a broken record, you know, e-commerce is fueling an industrial boom, COVID's fueling an industrial boom, you know, out of lockdown's industrial boom, they got sick of about the same thing, so like, <laughs> that hype has pulled out a little bit, which, it, which is great for us trying to buy, but, um, you know, we're not getting sites sent to us and going, fuck, this is cheap, or yeah. shit, there's so many sites coming at us, we can't look yeah. at them all, like, we are working, you know, we're still, we've, we've got agents that we work with canvassing, you know, we're... We're trying to explore JVs with landowners to unlock good sites. We're trying to subdivide portion, or we are subdividing portions of larger property yeah. to unlock good sites. It's There isn't an oversupply of, um, of yeah, lands, yeah. particularly not in the areas that, that we're looking for it. And I think it's, you know, maybe there's a few pockets of like, particularly closer to the city with apartments and stuff like that, where you know there's, there's stock coming up, but... Um, with what we're doing, you know, we're still fighting to try and find particularly development sites. It's tough. Like... And, 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 you know, we've got clients who are like, Oscar, I really want a Leadland property, but, you know, you've got people lining up and I can't be fucked fighting, so I'm going to buy something else, but I still just can't buy something. So, you know, there isn't a supply of what we're, an oversupply of what we're doing. So, um, yeah, I think that, I think the, the market is much healthier than what, than what we as a general audience perceive it at the moment.
0: Do you think, um, like, would you ever look to go do something, like, interstate? Would, yeah. Is that something that's that's going to
1: be on the cards? Down the track, yeah. yeah. I mean, at the moment, um, you know, I'm, I'm flat out getting home for dinner before <laughs> nine o'clock at night, so to be building a project interstate, like, <laughs> uh, my blood pressure just went up. Yeah. Um, no, nah, it's something, down the track, definitely, yeah. man, like, we'll build, yeah. when, yeah. when I've, when my leadership skills evolve, when my team evolves, um, because we build everything yeah. that we do too, don't forget. Yeah. So um, I wouldn't want to outsource that. I wouldn't want to engage some random third party builder and lose you know, the, the quality of the build and the, the finishes and the speed of delivery and, um, and be subject to contract administration risk, which is a big one at the moment. So um, I think down the track, it's either set up a small team interstate to build the projects, or do some sort of joint venture with a builder who I have a relationship with yeah, where okay. I have control and yeah. view and I can send That's send my construction manager up for a week with a clipboard to say, like, this isn't how we do it. at yeah. them change this, change that. Um, but it's definitely like I've got big plans for Leblan and yeah. um, my attention for the immediate couple of months is, you know, a little bit spread across G up, of course, as we yeah. get that off the ground. But my ambition for Leadlin is is going from strength to strength. You know, I've got some big plans for what I want to do over the next 10 years in this industry. So interstate is, is part of that.
0: That's insane. You're literally on the right trajectory, man. Like you're, you're literally just, uh, I love it, man. Like every project, I'm just like, yes, <laughs> you, you just keep doing something just amazing. like. So I want, I want to send you some, I'm going to send you some stuff that I, I saw just as some inspiration when I was over in Dubai. Just have a look at it. Amazing. Like, yeah. I, I think it, it'd just be something. I don't know how much you could probably use here
1: in Melbourne, but. Oh, it's little, yeah. little, <laughs> little ideas. Yeah, definitely. Maybe uh, when you I'd, do I'd Gold that.
0: Coast or something. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Palm trees. And yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, give me a bit of a rundown, like personal development wise. I know, I know you put a lot of it on, on Instagram stories and, Um, but like, what are your little, like, like, seems like you're really big on one percenters. Like, what do you, what have you been doing? Um, or what have you even been trying to improve on in your life?
1: Uh, towards the end of, towards the middle of 2022, I just had a bit of a shift just to turn things up a gear, to be honest. I don't know why. Like I, I wasn't sitting on my hands at the time, but I just thought, um, I want to take things up to another level and, and my health and mindset were a big part of that. I broke it into a few different areas, so there was fitness, there was health and well-being and then there was mindset and um, I really engaged help for all three of them. So for the fitness staff, I just started working with guys who, you know, have a lot more experience and knowledge in in that space than I do um, and and just started pushing my, my fitness um, a bit further and you might have seen, I've been doing some dumb shit like you know, running 5Ks or 10Ks on the treadmill with my mouth tape sharp and um, <laughs> just, you know, normal, normal crazy shit that I'd get up to, that you'd expect. But um, Sleeping as well. Sleeping yeah. with my mouth taped. Yeah. I've actually increased the amount of sleep I'm getting, which has, been, which has been great for me. And then with the well-being side of it and, and, and that sort of health, I engaged a coach and started doing um, blood tests. Um, so I was doing finger prick blood tests. Um, every eight weeks and then full bloods every 12 to 16 weeks and then um, altering my diet and my supplement regime based on that. I cut out um, cut out alcohol for six months um, right before I launched an alcohol business of course because why not? Um, so I wanted to give myself a break from that. Um, cut out caffeine um, so I haven't had caffeine in almost 12 months now. How's that been? Yeah, it's been amazing. Yeah, yeah it's been amazing. I think like I, I highly, highly recommend it. Um, I think there's definitely a caffeine isn't a bad thing, but abuse of caffeine, which I was doing, and I think like, you know, 80% of the corporate world is doing. Um, caffeine has incredible impacts on your sleep, um, and sleep is incredibly underrated. And, and I, I was trying to get eight hours worth of sleep in five and a half hours. Yeah. Um, so, I was like, I've got to improve the time I'm spending in bed and yeah. at home. So I've done that to six and a half, seven hours. And I'm like, now I'm trying to fit eight or nine hours worth of sleep into that space. So I wanted to improve the quality of my sleep if I couldn't improve the quality. And and caffeine was the first thing to go. And, and like um, some of the sleep studies on the impacts of, of caffeine and sleep, I think are definitely worth exploring. Um, oh, what else did I do? I introduced more meditation. I introduced breath work um so yeah the the well-being was was definitely a large focus cold showers i think i've been doing for you know coming up five years now oh wow um that's like they're i think they've been spoken spoken about pretty widely now but i'm a big advocate for cold therapy five years i think so i just was looking back the other day i remember um on a podcast with leo i think i told him that i'd been it was coming up 12 months and that was back in 2018 so um yeah i think it's it's something that like it's just part of my routine now and it's a it's a daily challenge um but every morning i i love it and the health benefits of that are are pretty widely studied now so i think um if anybody's looking for just a a small mindset and health challenge because it's sort of two-in-one that one um i would recommend you know looking into cold showers to get started is it still a battle yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah every day it doesn't get easier yeah yeah. Yeah. i just know every day that i'm going to do it now because it's become a habit but Every time before you turn that shower to cold, well, I'll speak for myself, It's I come up with a thousand reasons why I shouldn't, you know, like, uh, I'm going to have a shower later, I'll do a cold shower then, or I had a cold shower this morning, I don't have to have a second one, or whatever it might be, um, you know, it's your brain is just doesn't want the discomfort, so it's definitely a, a, a mental challenge every day, and then um, the... The physiological benefits are fantastic too. And then the third part I wanted to improve was um, my mindset. So I engaged a mindset coach and um, I've been working with him for, I think about four months now. I've worked with a couple in the past and had, you know, I think we've, we've spoken about it um, before. I've had amazing (laughs) success and it's hard work to be honest, bro. Like. Doing, any, doing shit for your mindset, like it's all well and good to be like, I want to improve my mindset, but at the end of the day, like anything, you've got to do the fucking work and yeah. the mindset stuff is challenging. You know, fitness stuff is, you know, I've also signed up for a marathon at the end of the year, which I don't know why I did that, but I've, <laughs> I've done that. So I'm, I'm improving my, um, my running ability at the moment and like, you know, when you're slogging it out in health and fitness and like your lungs are burning and stuff, it's hard, but But mindset stuff is just another level, you know, trying to work through limiting beliefs and and different insecurities and challenges and stuff like that. That's the real hard work. So I've been, um, I've been going pretty hard at that for the last four months and, um, and I've only got a couple of weeks left of sort of this stint that I'm doing with mindset. And then I'll take a little bit of not a break from it, but just come back a bit closer to my comfort zone because it becomes like when you're pushing so hard for so long outside your comfort zone, I feel like for me, at least I need to take a breath. So I'll turn my attention back to my health and fitness. And
0: Is there any like, examples of like the mindset that you feel like this, the work that you're doing that's just that you feel like it's like it, it can get really straining?
1: Um, it's not just that it's straining. It's just that it's chat, like it's time, it's attention, it's focus. And some are like, there's some there's some deep work that gets done and and I don't want to talk about because people fair. don't want to know about my you know childhood insecurities and all this sort of shit. Okay, but, so go okay. Yeah, like real, real like digging down like psychological sort of stuff that wow. impacts your day to day mindset. But then other things are like they're way more fun to talk about it, but they're just as challenging. You know, like last time we caught up, I was had to dance in a cafe, you know, a packed <laughs> yeah. cafe and um, play music from my phone in front of everyone, put it on the table and start dancing like. To have the confidence to do things like that. Different conversations with people, be it like conversations with strangers to get you out of your comfort zone or conversations with like your parents about, you know, why things happened, how you felt. Like that's like, that's the real, the real hard work. And I think our generation is starting to do that sort of stuff and break down like generational limiting beliefs that might've been passed down from our parents and our parents' parents. Like we're starting to do the work, but it's fucking, it's fucking hard to be honest. Um, I'm enjoying it um, and I'll, I'll keep doing it, but I definitely encourage
0: it. Is there been anything like wild that you've had to do, like anything, anything new, anything? I don't know, just a funny story that we got or was. It yeah, I
1: mean, <laughs> the dancing in a cafe one. Um, that, that was a while ago. I did a I did a compliment one where I had to um, approach a stranger and give them three compliments, three random compliments, which. You might be like, that's a little bit out of my comfort zone, you know, but then the second part of that was ask them to give you three compliments, (laughs) and I think I told you about this one, you know, it was, that that's something, I was in this cafe and I walked in and there was a brand new barista, and I was like, I'm doing this, so I gave her three compliments, I can't remember what they were, you know, I told her, looks like she makes a great coffee, she's approachable and friendly and um I can't remember what the third one was and she was like oh you know this guy's probably hitting on me it's whatever yeah. and then I said I'm like it's now your turn to give me three compliments and she was like she was just like real taken <laughs> aback and I'm like come on and <laughs> and um and she started giving me compliments and you know she told me I was well dressed and um I smell good because I must have been caked in cologne or something like that <laughs> and the funniest part was when I was doing this the owner of the cafe she'd been out serving she'd come back in and she just joined into it. You know, she's just like, oh, it's just, we're giving Oscar compliments. So they'll tell me how handsome I was and stuff. But um, I've, there's, there's heaps of little, little experiences, but um, one that one of my mindset coaches did that um, I definitely don't have the courage to do at the moment was he had shame around his body and he was at a retreat, a mindset retreat in front of a hundred people. And to break down that barrier, he got up in front of a hundred people and just got naked. Um, he stood up on a chair in front of 100 people and just got like balls out naked and um, I, I've told that story to a few mates and I haven't found a mate who was like, oh yeah, I, I'd, I'd volunteer for that. So um, like, I think there's definitely levels to, to how far we can take the mindset and it's something that I think it's definitely deserves some attention.
0: That's bloody wild, man. That's, <laughs> I couldn't, I've actually got one mate in my mind that I know that would just jump naked in front of everyone but apart from that no. yeah 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 <laughs> i mean my mate's like one of the boys like
1: we we're in mildura the other day swimming in the river and like and, and nobody there has any shame but in in front of 100 people i think it's a little bit like 100 strangers yeah
0: it's pretty, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's
1: pretty wild
0: uh how are you going with uh with social media i know that uh you... I don't,
1: well, you give me some feedback how am i going no i
0: think i think you're doing very well yeah i think uh you're jumping in front of the camera like I was... I was when, you, when you were doing a G-Up video, I was like, okay. Yeah. I was watching that. And I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, he, he's yeah. running here. Probably like sweating
1: he, through my shirt. Yeah, he's running here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've definitely like... I've turned it up a little bit. and something yeah. I, I want to do. I want to have bigger impact. A part of that is like putting myself out there more. I've definitely found or noticed some of the, the darker side of that. I don't know if... I did a podcast late last year, and, um, and from that podcast came a couple of shorts, few of them ended up on TikTok and like, fuck man, yeah, TikTok audience, it. they're wild, yeah, they are yeah, just savage. And they're ruthless. A Couple of them have half a million views, so there's plenty of comments there, and like, they're, they're ruthless, and, and that was something that like, I don't know, I'm a, I'm a sensitive guy, I, I hate people, you know, talking shit, and, and I hate being misunderstood, so, yeah, that's something that, um, that I'm, I was working through, I'll continue to work through. But, um, but no, it, it, social media is a lot of fun. I yeah. think like if you're doing it in the right way, you're putting good content out there, it's a lot of fun. There's always going to be idiots like when they're hidden behind behind the, whether it's a fake account or they're just hidden behind yeah. a, a phone or whatever it may be. You're going to get um, idiots. You're going to get a lot of people that disagree with your point of view, which is completely fine. And, and some people... Want to voice that? Which there's plenty to learn, and, and and there's nothing wrong with being challenged. But yeah, I'm going to continue putting putting content out there and and see what comes from it.
0: Yeah, I think when um, I mean, it's TikTok, like and especially man, it's like a 20 second, 30 second clip. Like they don't know you. it's yeah. Out of in a sense, it's supposed to you know the hook's supposed to get them in uh, some way, absolutely. shape, or form. Yeah. And then uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of insecurities with what how they you know how they're feeling. Like for them to talk shit about you and say some. oh I saw something like they're funny like yeah they yeah yeah some it. of them are good some like, of them are gonna be like well done. Yeah, not bad like, yeah. it's just like for them to like come out and people are insecure like I had this person he was hammering me on um, Instagram uh, it was a couple weeks ago he was just hammering me on all my comments and then he took it to inbox he send took, me his
1: address also. yeah <laughs> no,
0: just, a joke. well it took it to inbox and I just messaged him and I wrote something very nice back to yeah. him and then he responds the next morning saying, "Sorry, man, yeah. I was drunk. Oh, I I shouldn't have done this. I apologise, He deleted all these comments. Oh, good on him! And yeah. like, and the, but it was it was more of an aspect of like they're just sad, like yeah. a, a lot of the time, and like that's why it's just like it, and it can get it can get a little bit tough sometimes because you're reading this, you're like, "Fuck, man!" And you're like trying to put yourself out there, like you're trying to like provide value. Like you provide heaps of value. Like I, there's so many people that look up to you, that get inspired by you, that, you know, that just love what you do and love following you. So it's like, yeah, it's- I
1: mean, and I've, I've had a few people like that where, you know, they come in all guns blazing and like you, you're in a good mood. So you just, either try and reshape their position or apologize they feel that way and they've I've had a few people change like that and it's a real good feeling to yeah. think like you've brought somebody around. And then there's other people where you're just like, Oh, I'm just I'm not gonna give it the title I don't want to put yeah. my time in into it. But um, yeah, I think I think there's plenty of plenty of good and, and plenty of um, not so good to come out of it and I'll just I'll just keep putting it out there and, until until either something sticks or, or I get sick of it.
0: Hopefully it just doesn't affect you because yeah, I mean, you can't like, lose off at, at the moment I'm really enjoying it. I just <laughs> I don't
1: like being misunderstood. That's the the only thing. Like a couple of those TikToks, like, and like you say, you know, they're 30 seconds. They're put together to hook people in. Mm. And like, you know, a hundred comments of people giving me shit is probably music to the author's ears because it's keeping the the video trending and stuff. But, some of them, you know, like I, I provide value and that. I, Like I do in, in a lot of public conversations like this one, I, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I try and, you know, be as authentic as I can. And then I see people jumping in like, oh, he's selling courses, you know, buy my... And I'm like, well, I'm, fu- I'm fucking not. Like I'm not. If I, I've got nothing wrong with selling, I should be selling courses. That's what I should be fucking doing. You should have had to pay $99 to, to watch this clip, but I'm not doing that. Or, oh, he's pushing drugs. Oh, he's funneling. It's just, I'm just yeah. like... So if, if you don't agree with my view I'm so for that and you know respectfully voice your opinion but I just don't like being misunderstood but I think that's just that's part of what, what can happen people view your content with their own lenses and, and sometimes you get misunderstood so uh, it's encouraged me to be more authentic to be honest like that's people crazy. misunderstanding me in, in short form content has made me like being like pick up the camera and start talking more like deliver more long format content you know, tell people how things are affecting you, You talk, you know, about the shit that's not going well and just be more of of yourself because like the more you are, you are yourself, the less you can be misunderstood and and that's sort of what I want. 100% man, like Oscar, I um, appreciate you coming
0: on today. I appreciate all the value and always like it's, it's always good to catch up and... Uh... No,
1: I, I, I appreciate you, man. I honestly, I forget that the camera's here when we catch up. Yeah. Like there's some co- podcasts, they ask amazing questions and the content's yeah. good and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and you ask amazing questions. But yeah. I think because we're mates, like I just, we just get on here and riff and have a lot of fun. So um, no, I appreciate it. We should, we should do it more.
0: A hundred percent, man. Every time, every time you got something new, I'm just going to be like, Oscar, oh, like what's going on Get, <laughs> get, get bloody here. on when you're doing Gold Coast or something. Then we can up. do it <laughs> So now thank you, man. Appreciate it.